did Karl Marx only drink green tea? Because property is theft. You're listening to The Art of the Matter. broadcast, we're going to present a show which isn't five minutes shorter than its predecessor. Hurrah! We've conquered laziness once and for all. Now don't forget to tune in next week for a special collection of bloopers, outtakes and extras. <laughs> no, only kidding, only kidding. There'll be no show next week. But tonight, we'll bring you the first ever Art of the Matter love song, a romantic pian by the name Take a Chunder on Me. But first, a documentary reporting on the vivid page three topless scandal. The only thing that matters to me at this point is that you all enjoy yourselves. Please do. In the Michaelmas term, Hip University magazine Vivid published an image of a topless student straddling the bridge next to Queen's College. There was no denying the explicit sexuality of her pose, dangling herself luxuriously, legs akimbo, breasts fully exposed. The photograph's publication caused a mini-media storm, which quickly moved beyond the confines of the university. Everyone had their say, from national newspapers, broadsheet and tabloid, to local news channels, leading university academics and online gossip forums. Opinion was divided. Must we, as a university, shy away from involvement with such sexually explicit material? Or should we embrace the post-pornography age with an open bosom, so to speak, and allow such graphic material to be circulated freely? At times, it feels like consulting the student body on such an issue is virtually pointless, such as the colossal spread of opinion one encounters. Some view the circulation of any naked imagery in a publication supported by the university's board to be unacceptable. Kirsty Cook, English student at Robinson, explains. Well, I just didn't like looking at it, you know? It just makes me uncomfortable that now, whenever people think of Cambridge students, their minds will automatically go to this incident, and they'll be prejudiced about the kind of person who comes here. It's not that I have any kind of major problem with it, but, you know, I guess I don't want my image to be associated with her. She's just so bloody thin. It's outrageous. Others, in contrast, have lauded the photo shoot as an acceptable, bordering on admirable exercise in free speech, such as Clive Noble, undergrad at Queen's. I think she's an inspiration. Every time I need to do an essay or go to the library, I just look at her picture on my wall and I think, you know what, at least we're not all like this. At least some of us have the courage to go out there and let it all hang out, express ourselves freely and nakedly, and live a little. God bless that naked angel. Perhaps the problem with this era of media inclusivity, where all consumers are encouraged to have their say, is that the analyst can be overwhelmed by a rush of contrasting opinions. How can we manoeuvre both Clive and Kirsty's viewpoints into a coherent representation of student opinion? Luckily, we here at The Art of the Matter are always willing to go straight to the source and target the people in the know. I tracked down Crosby Casey, Vivid Magazine's commissioning editor, the man who allowed the photo shoot to go ahead. 
It's his magazine. He controls the content. Surely a reasonable proportion of any potential blame should be laid at his door. I asked him how his operation had coped with the onslaught of controversy and criticism. The photo has been taken completely out of context by various right-wing sections of the Cambridgeshire media. I think it's disgraceful the university never stepped in to help us in our battle in favour of free speech. We were given no protection by the Board of Governors, even though we've been at the centre of an old-fashioned witch hunt. Wait a minute, wait a minute, that sounds like blame-shifting to me. You're not standing up to your responsibilities as a media outlet. After all, everybody knows that certain cultures and religions find naked imagery offensive. Yet you intentionally publish this photograph of a girl attempting to copulate with a mathematical bridge. In a cultural melting pot such as Cambridge, you need to consider the width of your audience. After all, you're a populist magazine, aren't you? I would disagree with that entirely. What, you think that just because we're a populist magazine we have some sort of, I, I don't know, responsibility to our audience or something? I think that what people have failed to understand is that this is a piss take, a satire. We're sticking up for women, not degrading them. Highlighting the sexism of institutions such as Page Free by mimicking and recreating them precisely. But surely satire needs to, in some way, alter its subject matter. Otherwise you've just joined forces with the thing you're supposed to be mocking. How is your photo shoot different to a normal Page Three image? Uh, well, she, she was wearing a mortarboard. Not good enough. Well, because she, well, because, well, look, that's, that's not important. The only thing that matters is that, because we're calling ourselves satirists, we should be allowed to say and publish whatever we want. Got it? But there is another major moral problem with pornography. When we're flicking through the magazine and we suddenly see a pair of tits staring at us, how can we be certain that the young lady attached to them was well-treated? Oh, you don't really need to worry about that. I can assure you she will look back on the photo shoot as a positive decision. She was treated courteously and respectfully throughout by everyone who has had the difficult experience of seeing her without clothes on, from the photographers and writers to the lighting technicians and fluffers. And I'm certain that she will go on to have a lengthy career in the industry. What industry? The free student magazine industry. You'll have to take my word on all of this because, as you know, she has refused to speak to any university-based media outlet regarding the incident. Has she, Mr Editor? Has she? We here at the Art of the Matter beg to differ because it is now my pleasure to announce that we have tracked her down for an interview. Not her publicist or her press secretary, but the model herself. In the interests of privacy, she will remain nameless, but I assure you this is her. The clip features no voice dubbing, no script writers, just a one-to-one -one connection with the girl at the centre of the scandal. Her responses were extremely surprising. Here we go. I asked her why exactly she'd refused to comment on the photo shoot. It's not that I've refused to comment. It's just that I've been in hiding. Hiding from the sexist bastards and pigs who made me do it. Hiding from the shame, the paralysing embarrassment. Hiding from myself. What do you mean? I mean that I've been set up. I'm the innocent party here. None of this was my idea. I've been used. Okay, okay, calm down, calm down. Take deep breaths. Just, just take your time. Take it slow and steady and tell me what happened. Let it all out. And uh, make sure you speak near the microphone. Thanks. It all started so suddenly. I didn't have a clue what was happening. I was just walking down the street on my way to a drama lecture when I was confronted by these two geeky-looking guys wearing lab coats and glasses. They said they were from Peterhouse, so I stopped to talk to them. My college mum always said that you could trust people from Peterhouse. They said they were doing a science experiment into the psychological profiles of attractive female Cambridge students, but they were having trouble finding suitable subjects. I should have known it was a trick. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. Anyone would have believed that. What happened next? 
they led me down a long, dark alleyway round the back of Pembroke, and, before I knew what was happening, one of them clanked a rotten hanky to my mouth. I think it was covered in Peterhouse port. I was out in seconds. Sounds bad. How long was it till you came round? I'm not sure exactly. I suddenly found myself on Queen's Mathematical Bridge in lingerie, surrounded by dozens of jeering photographers and Natsky's. Didn't you try to escape? I would have done, but the King's College Head of Archery was holding me at Arrow Point. If I'd tried to run off, he would have pinned me to a wall. I had no choice but to spread my legs, grin and bear it. People were screaming at me, look sexy, look relaxed, look sexy. I was so dazed, confused, absolutely bricking it. That's why, in the final photo, I'm pulling a face like I'm sucking on a lemon covered in hog's urine. After about six hours of prodding, poking, jeering and catcalling, the photographers decided they had all the shots they needed. What happened afterwards? They all stabbed out their cigarettes on my arm, cracked me around the head with a bottle of champagne and slung me into a sack. The next thing I knew, they dumped me into the cam. I was being carried upstream. I was so sure I was going to die. I was just praying I'd already done enough work to be given a 2-1. I got carried all the way upstream to the University of Warwick, where I camped out until all the fuss had died down. Did the Warwick students look after you? Oh, yes. Nice people. Dim, but nice. The whole thing sounds like such an ordeal. How do you feel about it now? I just feel sick about it. Revolted, almost. Thinking about it makes me shudder. All those thousands of people who've seen me naked, goggled at me, fantasised about me, glossing over my status as a Cambridge-educated student to manipulate me into a crude sexual fantasy. And I didn't even have time to tuck my tummy in. Dear reader, you may well be wondering, now all the evidence has been amassed before your very eyes, what to think of this incident. How can you pick your way through the perplexing moral labyrinth of the vivid photo shoot to come to a concise conclusion which you can separate off and mark it as your own opinion. It's simple. You can turn up your wireless and listen to me, because I'm going to break it down. The idea that it's wrong to print and circulate images of naked women is antiquated and archaic. This is the noughties, guys, so get used to people being naughty. And even if we did have a problem with it, if we were to follow the doctrine through to its logical conclusion, consider all the things we would need to condemn in tandem. Lads mags, fashion shows, beach parties, girls aloud videos. And I'm sorry, but there is no way in this life or the next I will ever have a problem with girls aloud. Of course it's fine for people to publish nude photographs and softcore porn. Of course it's fine for women to be objectified and debased. But for heaven's sake, can't we try and make sure that it doesn't happen here? Cambridge should be an Eden, free from such smut and filth, whether in highbrow academic journals or lowbrow populist magazines, we are academics. We shouldn't judge ourselves by the rules of the common man. We have our own standards to keep. We have our city walls, so let's close them and let the people perish. Hasn't that topic now been debated, probed and analysed from every angle? Well done, team. And by team, I mean myself. Well done. You're listening to The Art of the Matter. The more attentive of you may have realised that the previous week contained Valentine's Day. Useful clues included the abundance of cards, flowers, balloons and tearful women littered around Cambridge. I thought it only right, in honour of the occasion, to perform a radio tribute to my dearest, beloved other half, Sarah Malik. Please enjoy.
I'm here to tell you a story. Three months ago, I arrived at Cambridge, fresh from Eton, worried that I'd be too posh to fit in. Scared that all those millionaire dads would be jealous of my billionaire dad. Freshers' week was one of the loneliest periods of my life. I was isolated from all those around me, shut off in my own lonely little world. But, to my delight, one day, while taking a furious wedgie from a group of rowers, I saw the perfect girl for me. A veritable Jack Wills wearing, vodka martini swilling, rah rah toff. I was in heaven. Every day we spent together was perfect, punting on the cam, laughing at the homeless, collaborating on satirical sketches depicting fake lecturers for Cockney education. Everything we touched turned to gold, and I thought it would last forever. But it is my misery to say that things began to turn sour. Her normal alcohol intake, a steady five vodka shots with every meal, began to increase, until she was in the grips of a furious alcohol addiction. Soon she joined the Homerton Hags, who, if you remember, sound like this. I'll do it for the men! It looked like all hope was lost. She'd stopped attending lectures, started wearing inappropriate clothing to supervisions, and partaking in heavy projectile vomiting on the hour, every hour. But you know what, Sarah? I'm not here to stage an intervention, or ask you to change your ways. I'm here to tell you that I still love you. I'm still here for you. And any time you want... You can take a chunder on me. Let's rock this motherfucker. If you're feeling bad, don't know how much wine you've had, honey, I'm still free. Take a chunder on me. If you feel it coming through and you need to bath, I'll be right there next to you just to make you laugh. If you're on your own and you're heaving carrots up, honey, I'm still free. Chunder on me Gonna do my very best Gonna catch your spew Gonna rub it on my chest Do it just for you Take a chunder on me It's all I ask of you Malachino, take a chunder on me When you throw your guts up You feel like a winner Blow a chunky monkey Lose half your dinner Regurgitate a live one, a technicolor yawn. I love your body heaving. Cause I know that I'm involved in a love affair when I'm holding back your hair, disgusting. It's all going to plan. I'm holding your head over the can and I can't let go. No, I won't let go. If it's on my shirt, I won't go feeling hurt, honey, I'm still free. Take a chunder on me, cause I know vomiting's par for the course. If you've spent all your life living way up north. If it's projectile, I'll respond with a smile, honey, I'm still free. Take a chunder on me, cause the truth's important, dear, and I just can't lie. Even when you're chundering, I'm a lucky guy. The first time I laid eyes on you, you were sitting at the long table in the formal hall. And I thought to myself, you know what? That food that she's eating, one day, she's going to have to vom that up. And when she does, I want to be there to touch it, to hold it, to caress it, to taste it. 
but maybe this is the sort of message I can't get across to you by myself. I can't do it alone. Maybe I need a support group. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen of the art of the matter, it is my pleasure to introduce the world famous Barf It Up Backing Singers. Let's go. If you're feeling bad, don't know how much wine you've had, honey, I'm still free. Take a chunder on me. If you feel it coming through, then you need to barf. I'll be right there next to you just to make you laugh. Take a chun, take a chun, take a chicka chunder, take a chun, take a chun, take a chicka chunder, take a chun. At this point, I would like to point out that all the negative aspects of that song bore no relation to my real life girlfriend. Happy Valentine's Day! time together dear listener as always is rushing to an end what can i say it's been an honor a privilege and a joy same time next time unless you're listening on the podcast available at www.cambridgecomedy.blogspot.com that's www.cambridgecomedy.blogspot.com if you're listening to that no time another time go forth and prosper bye bye